Welcome to Free College Can Happen to You, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. What's the best SAT prep material? How do I use the SAT to get free college? What do I need to do to get scholarships? Here's your host, Gene Burke with College Prep Genius, the no-brainer way to SAT success. Hi, this is Jean Burke. I'm with College Prep Genius. And today we're going to talk about how to build an amazing homeschool transcript. So how many of you out there are fearing the high school years? You've come this far, you know, you, you've got them through reading and some basic math, and now you're facing the high school years. And a lot of times uh, parents, homeschool parents, get to this stage of their homeschool journey, and often they put their kids uh, into a public or private school setting based on the, a lot of fear. Well, hopefully today I can equip you and encourage you on what to do on this next level of homeschooling. I'm also going to talk about that one secret ingredient that will give credibility to your homeschool transcript. So if you don't know it, stick around and I'll talk about that somewhere in the middle of this lecture. And I'm also going to show you the criteria that Harvard uses to judge their applicants and why summer break is, can be more than just a vacation time for your students and how they can gain that edge. I will also talk about the differences between AP, dual credit, dual enrollment, and CLEP courses, and the pros and cons of adding them to your homeschool schedule. I will also show you how to build a three-tier high school plan that will impress just about any admissions counselor. So if your children are planning on going to college, hang tight. Um, don't miss this lecture because I'm going to give you a lot of great information that probably most high school guidance counselors don't know. Now, if you're not uh, a homeschooling parent, no worries. This Most of this information will apply to you as well. Also, I will give you the secret code to downloading my 15 secrets to free college for a penny at the end and show you how you can receive a $30 gift for free. So here we are approaching high school. Now, some of your kids might already be in high school. Maybe they're just starting. Maybe they're halfway through. Maybe you have younger kids in middle school. So this information can apply to everybody listening because you can, you know, the great thing about homeschooling is that you're flexible so that you can implement a lot of this information even if your children are already in high school. So I want to talk about planning for success. Now hopefully you have downloaded the notes to the radio seminar. If you haven't, you can go to www.collegeprepgenius.com slash radio.transcript. So it's my website, collegeprepgenius.com, and then you're going to put slash radio.transcript. So planning for success. I, I think as parents, we should always start with the end in mind. You know, where do we want our child to be in four years? setting goals for their success. I'm going to talk about today how to create a high school notebook. I'm going to talk about making a four-year academic plan and a four-year summer plan. And I do encourage everyone to start early. Put time on your side. But again, if, if you haven't started early, that's okay because you can still, again, jump in there and uh, still do most of this stuff anyways. And of course, um, definitely encourage college. Now, I know not that not every student is going to go to college, but, you know, college is one of those things that's more of a stepping stone onto bigger and better things. And I know that, especially for my kids, college was one of those um, 
great things in their life that, that kind of had them one foot at home and one foot out in the world. And there was that safety net where they knew that if everything fell apart at college, they could always come back home. But I think college really does give kids that discipline for later in life. You know, mom and dad are not going to be there to wake them up or to tell them there's an exam coming up or a social event or a research paper due. And so I think they have to learn to schedule them, themselves uh, around all the events going on in college. And so it does really help them for, for their future career. So let's talk about goal setting. First thing we want to do is identify our students' passions. What makes them tick? What are their talents? How has God made them? It's very important. Be on the lookout, you know, of what you see your child is really good at. We've got to find out what motivates our child. Every child is motivated differently. Some, some kids are motivated internally. Some kids are motivated externally. But once we can tap into what motivates them personally, it can make all the difference in the world in pointing them in the right direction for their future. We also want to familiarize ourselves with our child's passions and talents. Be on the lookout. Know what uh, it is that really makes them tick. For example, you might be at the library and your, your daughter loves horses and there's an equestrian show coming up, you know, in, in next month. So if you know that, you can be able to, you know, encourage your child to take advantage of that class if, if, if possible. And encourage your kids. You are their number one fans. You know, just like when you encouraged them when they were little and they used to draw little silly things and we hung them on the refrigerator. You know, teenagers need encouragement as well. And then we want to nurture our child's passions and their talents. And the, one of the definitions for nurture is educate. So any way that we can educate them, it will make a huge difference. Because if they're interested in it, then they'll definitely study it and they'll definitely remember it. And we want to broaden their visions. You know, we need to help our kids see that there's a bigger picture. So many times students will say things like, you know, I, I want to be a doctor. Uh, but, you know, there's so many different fields they could go into. So we can encourage them and help them see, well, you know, maybe do you want to be a nephrologist? Do you want to study kidney disease? So we want them to see that there's so much out there. And, of course, it's very important, I think, that kids take motivation tests and personality tests. Now, they're not foolproof by any means, but I think they're, they're there to help us at least give some clear direction uh, or, or at least pointing our children in the right way without having to spend a lot of time and money hoping that your child is going to be really good at sports and maybe they have no desire to play sports. So there's some really good free motivational tests, personality tests online. A few uh, that you can look at are one called outofservice.com slash big five. So outofservice.com slash big five. richardstep.com slash self-motivation-quiz-test and learnmyself.com. So those are a few, but I think they're, they're a great place to get started. When I talk about the three-tier high school plan, I think a lot of parents, when they get to the high school year age, they don't understand, like, okay, how much math does my child need or how much science? And most public schools, even private schools, uh, have sort of a three-tier plan. They have what's called the minimum, the recommended, and the distinguished program. Now, the minimum program is basically sort of if your child just wants to get in and get out of high school and be done, have, have no more plans after that. 
And it's usually, you know, a decreased amount of credits, maybe sometimes around 21, 22, depending on what state you live in. The recommended high school plan adds in a couple AP courses, and then the distinguished program adds in about four AP courses or more. I, I highly recommend that your child shoot for the distinguished program because then if they don't quite make it, at least they'll fall in underneath the recommended high school program. What you don't want is your child to get maybe into the, the senior year and maybe they decide that they want to become an engineer and then now you find out that you need another math or another foreign language or another science. So it's better to shoot high. And this three-tier plan, you can actually download it. I have it, a link for it that I'll give, it, give to you in the end. Now, I want to talk about the differences between AP, dual, and CLEP classes. Now, AP classes, or Advanced Placement Tests, are created by the College Board. So the same company that writes the SAT and the PSAT also write the AP tests. Now, these are college-level courses. Now, they're generally taken in the junior and the senior year. Now, what I mean by generally is most schools don't allow students to take them any younger unless they have uh, become proficient in a certain area. Let's say maybe in middle school they're proficient in a certain language, which means when they get to ninth grade and into high school, they're able to take an AP English, uh, foreign language class. So generally, they're taken in the junior and senior year. Now, usually a student takes on another five to ten hours of homework per week with an AP course. Now, this means if your student is really pretty overburdened right now with a lot of classes or a lot of outside activities, you definitely want to consider uh, how much extra work comes with, with an AP class. Now, at the end of the year, students take a test in May. This is the AP test. It's probably about $45. And when they take this test, they are going to be graded on a scale of 1 to 5, 5 being the highest. Now, the way your child receives college credit from an AP course is they generally have to score at least a 3 or above. Now, I say 3 because that's most colleges, but if they're going to more of a, a top-tier school or even an Ivy League school, probably more fours and definitely fives. Now, they receive this college credit, and the reason why colleges really love AP courses is because they know how difficult they are, and they realize that it demonstrates a mastery of coursework. And another thing that AP courses can do is help your child skip those courses in college. Again, maybe they don't, they don't like math or certain math and they want to get it over with and they can enter college with uh, the credit for that already. Now, as a homeschooler, there are three ways your child can take an AP class. First of all, they can study on their own. They can go at the, to the bookstore. They can buy all the books, do all the work, uh, and again, take that May test. To, to receive the credit. They can also take an internet AP course. Now there's a lot of them out there. Um, they can be pretty pricey, so you definitely want to do your homework. And the third way is they can do what my kids did, and that's to take a class from an outside AP teacher. We have an amazing teacher in Fort Worth, Melody Lambert, and she, my both my kids took three AP classes from her. She always has a waiting list. Siblings get in because of their older sibling being in there, and she's always packed. Um, and she was someone who is a certified AP teacher who did teach in public and private school um, and decided to come home and teach homeschoolers. Now, again, 
you don't necessarily have to take a class. You can just go take the AP, AP test if you want. Um, but I'm a big believer in the class because there is a lot of work involved. And I will tell you, too, um, you know, the college board told me that every year 700,000 kids take AP courses but yet do not take the AP test, which is very unfortunate because, you know, they've, they've done all this work and they should definitely receive the credit for it. Now, let's talk about dual credit. Sometimes it's called dual enrollment, depending on what state you're in. This is where students are enrolled in both high school and college at the same time. So that means they're earning credit simultaneously. Now, keep in mind that the college credit may or may not transfer. And sometimes what a college will do is they'll use the dual credit more as an honors class. Or oftentimes they'll use it more for internal placement for their particular school. Now, before you go and spend time you know, taking some dual credit courses, hoping that they'll transfer to the university, there's a couple of websites that you can go to just to make sure uh, if they transfer or not. CollegeTransfer.net and Transfer.org. So CollegeTransfer.net and Transfer.org. And oftentimes the colleges themselves, you know, let you know if they transfer. Now, again, these are generally taken in the junior and the senior year. Now, to apply for dual credit, students will fill out an application, and they're going to have to take some sort of entrance exam, like the SAT, ACT, or some kind of uh, accuplacer. Now, a lot of students will tell me that I don't, they don't want to take the SAT, so that's why they're going to go to junior college. But even if you go to junior college, you still have to take a test. So you don't ever get out of taking that kind of test. Now, the cost is going to vary. It's often very nominal. Uh, many schools have some tuition assistance, and certainly there are programs where there is no charge for homeschoolers or just no charge for kids in, in general. Now, let's talk about CLEP, C-L-E-P, College Level Examination Program. Again, these are tests created by the College Board. So this is where students can earn college credit by taking qualified tests. Now, each one corresponds to a one-semester class. The tests are 90 minutes long, and there's two fees, one for the test and one for the testing center. And they can be taken at any age. And again, a lot of advantages to taking CLEP classes and CLEP tests. Again, you can take fewer classes in college. Skip what you know. Sometimes it's, you, you know, when you, go, you enter college with credit, you can graduate early. Or maybe you want to take on a second degree or a third degree. It gives you more time. Certainly, you spend less money. Clepping is also a great way for adults to go back and finish their degree. You know, a lot of times we adults, you know, we get married, have kids, homeschool, life gets in the way, and, you know, we want to go back and, and maybe do that and get, get our degree. So this is a great way to do it as well. Now, there are disadvantages to entering college with too many. And that, it, whether it's AP, CLEP, dual, whatever, is because if a student has too many college credits, many times what happens is they are considered a transfer student and not an incoming freshman. Therefore, a lot of scholarships are nullified. So, you know, I get asked all the time, well, how many credits is too many? That really depends on the college. It is best for you to check with the college that your child is considering going and ask them. I mean, it might be 12 credits. It might be 20 credits. I don't know. So just make sure that you... Uh, check that out before you spend a lot of time and money if your child plans on going to a four-year university and getting scholarship money. 
I meet people all the time, you know, who have got many, many college credits and in many cases they don't transfer, but also the fact that they um, are not eligible for a lot of the scholarships. Now, I want to talk about something you've probably heard, well-rounded versus angular. What do these two words mean when it comes to college? Well, basically, well-rounded means your child does well in a lot of areas. Angular means your child is really, really good in one area. So, for example, maybe they're, they excel at golf, and they've been playing golf since they were three years old, and they've won numerous trophies and tournaments and, and all over the years. Um, and, and they, they, you know, maybe everything else is kind of put on, on, on the back burner. So that's called angular. Well, so which, which is better? Which is preferred? Well, you know, when I, my son got invited to go to Harvard and they told us, they said, you know, you know, if we accept you, we'll, we'll get you the money. But they said, listen, as, as Harvard admission counselors, we are looking for well-rounded students. We want to see that your child does well academically. They do well uh, in their community service and volunteer work, as well as extracurricular activities. They have awards, achievements, and honors underneath their belt. Um, and, of course, you know, they're looking ultimately for the best test score. So this is very important for your child. You really want to show that your child can do very, very well in a lot of different areas. And, and let me explain why this is so important. You know, when right now the statistics show that 25% of freshmen drop out of college by the end of the freshman year. 50% by the end of the sophomore year. About one-third of all students who enter college will graduate. So two-thirds of the students don't graduate. And the two main reasons are finances and, and the workload. So, you know, sometimes students are working in college and they're not able to handle the work, you know, the four or five hours of studying per class per day. Or they're having to deal with the money accumulating and the debt. They can't handle that. Well, there's so many scholarships out there. There's $24 billion worth of scholarships each year. And most admissions counselors have several full rides available in each department, whether it's the math department or the English department, music department. And so when these admissions counselors interview your child or certain students, they don't have a crystal ball. They can't see the future. They can't see that your child is going to be that one-third that's going to finish but what they can see and what they can go by is the past. And when they look at your child, when they see that they're very well-rounded and they have excelled in lots of different areas and they've taken on a lot of stuff, it shows them that, hey, this child is one that can handle college, can handle the workload, and that they'll probably take the scholarship and they'll probably, you know, represent their school well and they'll excel. So this is why this is so important. Now, I do want to talk about community service and why it's so important. You know, if your child doesn't participate in any kind of community service, they're going to pale in comparison to all the kids who do volunteer. So it's very important that your child logs in at least 70 hours of community service. That's, that's the least. And certainly they can start early, even in middle school, even, even younger than that. But what I recommend is that you create a spreadsheet. And everywhere your child volunteers whether it's Habitat for Humanity or Meals on Wheels, you know, the vac you know, Vacation Bible School, the library, that on the spreadsheet you put the location, how many hours they worked, who was their supervisor, and 
always get a letter of recommendation from every place they volunteer. Now, the good news is there are many places that will even count driving time as volunteer work. For example, let's say your child drives 30 minutes to the hospital to volunteer and then drives 30 minutes back home. That hour can be counted in in many cases. Now, if you don't know where to start, where to begin on volunteer work, there's a lot of great websites. Uh, let me give you a few, and certainly you can Google them online as well. DoSomething.org, VolunteerMatch.org, House.gov, slash wait, slash intern, 03.htm, jhu.edu slash gifted slash imagine slash index dot html and then cogito dot org. And those are just a few to get started with. Um, now, it's very important that when your child does volunteer, that they do show commitment and dedication. There's a lot of students who will pad their applications with some volunteer work here, a little here, and a little there. And these admissions counselors are not dumb. They, they know that. So your child really needs to demonstrate that they, are, they have been consistent. And maybe they're volunteering every Tuesday after school at the local animal shelter. Or every summer they volunteer building houses in Uganda. Yeah, this shows real commitment there. So that's what they really want to see. Now, the great thing about community service is there are volunteer vacations like Global Works. There are also programs where you can volunteer as a family, like Clean Up the World or the UN Environmental Program. There are many scholarships available for students who volunteer uh, that will help them get into college, but there's also scholarships for those students who continue volunteering while they are in college. And I think volunteering is a great way to help students see that this world is not all about them. It takes away from that entitlement attitude that I see so many times in teenagers. And it really does set up a lifetime commitment of being a person who is always going to be given. And so it does build great character to, to volunteer. Now, I want to talk about one of the greatest things that you, your child can do. It's something that's so prestigious, but very few people ever apply for it. And that is called the Congressional Award. Now, this is where your student can set goals in four areas. Personal development, physical fitness, exploration, and volunteer community service. Now, the great thing about this is once you sign up for this at, at congressionalaward.org, then your student can start working toward goals of going to Congress and being awarded the Golden Medal Award. That's the highest award that you can that you can receive. Now, you as a parent won't be the one overseeing or mentoring them. It will be somebody outside of your family. This is great because it's, a, it's an unbiased opinion of someone not in your family making sure everything gets done. Now, students as early as 14 and as old as 23 can participate. Now, I will have to tell you that I highly recommend that you go to this website and sign up for it. Even if you do not start anything 
today, tomorrow, or even next week or next month, because every bit of volunteer work that has been done up to this point does not count toward the congressional award. The only volunteer work that's counted counts after you've signed up. So definitely go today to congressionalaward.org and at least get your child signed up. It's one of those things that when admissions counselors hear that your child has received this award, they light up because they know that it's very rare that students, you know, participate in this program. It's kind of like being a Boy Scout, you know, only 2% ever become Eagle Scouts. So, you know, they've done something that 98% of their peers did not do. Same thing with this community service, the Congressional Award, very prestigious. Now, I want to talk about important test information. If you want to know what's going to give your child credibility for their homeschool transcript, and that is going to ultimately be their test scores, like their SATs and their ACTs. Why is that? That is because colleges do not know what your child learned in school, or if that A or that 4.0 wasn't just made up. And it's, it's interesting because it's not just the homeschooling realm. Colleges use the SAT and these type of tests to compare all students because they know that a 4.0 at one high school is not the same 4.0 at another high school since every school weighs and calculates their scores differently. So the only way to compare students, public, private, or homeschool, is the SAT because it levels the playing field. So it's such an important test. And it, it adds that credibility, not that we homeschoolers need you know, to be validated, but that's just the way it is. So I highly recommend that you start test prep in ninth grade. Now, I have definitely taught kids as early as sixth grade, but I'm definitely a big believer in at least starting in ninth grade. This is where you can incorporate it into your school. Now, you definitely want to keep a record of their improvement, another thing that you can put into their portfolio. And the good news is they can keep taking the test until they get their desired score. The College Board uses what's called score choice, where you don't have to send the scores in until you get the scores that you want, and then you can send those in whenever you want. And most schools will do what's called a super score. That is where they take the highest scores from different tests. Maybe your child has a really good math score on one test and gets a really good critical reading score on another, and they'll pull from those high scores, put them together to give them overall higher score, which certainly means more money to you. The higher the score, the more money you get, because what happens is colleges go up on their rankings nationally based on their test scores. So the higher the score, the more money you get, because ultimately you make them good, look good. And of course, certainly add your best school test scores to the transcript. Not only certainly is it going to use as a college entrance exam, scholarships, but it ultimately adds that credibility. Now, what about the SAT and the ACT? What are the differences? Which one do I take? Well, every single college, 100% of all colleges will take either one. It doesn't really matter. Used to make a difference, but not anymore. Both are used for college entrance. Both are used for scholarships. The most you can get on the SAT right now is 2400 The most you can get on the ACT is 36 Now, they are different in the fact that the SAT is logic-based and the ACT is content-based. So the ACT does have trigonometry and it does have some science, but it does have critical thinking. So many of my students over the years have raised their SAT scores as much as 600 points, but I've got a lot of students who've taken the same information from my class 
and they've used it on the ACT and got as much as nine point raise or even a perfect score. But again, it doesn't really matter which one your child takes. Try them both because every college takes either one. Now, if they prefer one over the other, what they will do is they'll convert the score. So, for example, an SAT score of 1,300 on math and critical reading is the same as a 29 on the ACT or vice versa. And you definitely want to create a test prep examination record for your portfolio where you keep a record of your child on their SATs or PSATs or ACTs and all those uh, so that you, they know where they need to improve. Now, I do recommend, too, as well, is that you keep a record of your child's curriculum. Now, again, if you're not really organized, which I was not, uh, it could be something very simple where you just notate the name of the class that your child took, a book you used, who the author was, and some details. Or, even easier than that, just make a copy of the syllabus from any co-op or any table contents for any books that you use and put those in the portfolio. That way your child can have them. So if there ever are questions about what classes they took, then you have that information. Now, when it comes to making the actual or the official high school transcript, you know, you can actually go um, and purchase some programs that, that actually will fill them out for you, uh, some really fancy ones. You can do something very simple like just type it up on the computer. But there are some very important things that you do need to have. I know that in our, in our High School Prep Genius book, we have one in the back that you can use as a sample. Or you could just simply use a program or or it can be very basic when you're filling out the transcript. Now, there are some definitely, no matter how you do it or whatever program you use, you definitely have some important things that must be on the transcript. First of all, you've got to type it. And I know that sounds silly, but a lot of people will get a ready-made transcript and they will write it in with their pen. Do not do that. Always type it. Make sure it's no more than two pages. You know, anything outside two pages can go into their portfolio. And definitely complete it in full. So if there's some information on there that's not applicable, certainly put an NA on there. This way they know that it's not an incomplete transcript. You want to specify course title. In other words, instead of just saying English 10 or History 11, you could say, you know, Mid 16th century medieval history. So be very specific. Again, like I said earlier, always include the best test scores. And do notate if it is state course equivalent. So, for example, if you have to take Texas history, like which every student in Texas does, make sure you notate that. And definitely add the graduation date. Now, most students will send their first semester transcript in in the beginning of the senior year. And you as a homeschooling parent might not even know what day they're going to graduate. So put some date in there like, you know, May 29th or something. That's a good homeschool graduation date, June 2nd. But they're not going to come knock on your door and say, hey, um, did your child graduate on June 2nd? So just put something in there. And, of course, sign it and notarize it. Make it look official. Now, I want to talk about little-known secret called talent searches. These are where students are identified in seventh grade. Now, there are five main talent searches. Johns Hopkins, Duke Talent, Northwestern Center for Talent Development, the University of Denver's Rocky Mountain Talent, and Stanford's Educational Program for Gifted Youth. 
Now, these talent searches, if you have a younger student, like going into sixth grade or into sixth grade, going to seventh grade, you definitely want to check these out. Because what these are is where your child, if they get nominated, they can actually go take a test like the SAT in seventh grade, December or January of their seventh grade year. If they get a certain score, they will get a big award ceremony, they'll get their name in their paper, they can be state recognized, and they can start getting some scholarship offers in seventh grade. And again, it's one of those very prestigious things that you can put on their transcript that when these admissions counselors see them, they say, wow, your child was mature and focused at a young age. So it's very prestigious. Now, generally, it's the way students are qualified through various programs like the Iowa or the Stanford. But you as a parent can also nominate your own child. For example, for the Duke Talent Search, you can go to tip, T-I-P, dot duke, D-U-K-E, dot E-D-U, slash N-O-D-E, slash 539, slash 539. And that will tell you how you can nominate them. There's also, uh, on the Duke, also on the website, they will also tell you all the different programs, such as Iowa, Stanford, and other tests that can also help to qualify your child. But I do recommend it because it's one of those great things that it does introduce test taking at an early age, which helps to alleviate a lot of that test anxiety later on down the road when the kids get into, into high school. Now, I want to talk about the four-year summer plan. You know, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and in the summer, I just hung out and had fun, didn't think anything about it. But if you want your child to gain an edge, the summer is the time to do it. Nowhere in our lifetime, maybe outside of retirement, do we have these blocks of time that allow us to explore and experiment with you know, various programs and, and different goals. So the summer, summertime plan can consist of attending multiple campus programs. And when I mean a multiple campus, I don't necessarily mean just a school that your child is planning on going to, but other campuses as well. It also gives them a chance to look into goal-related jobs and internships. So your child might be you know, considering a certain field. The summertime is a great time to either you know, you know, basically solidify that or maybe even rule out you know, that type of uh, degree. For example, my, my cousin, he always wanted to be a pediatrician because he really loved kids. And so he went through college, he went to med school, residency, interning, and all of a sudden he realized, you know, I love kids, but I don't like sick kids. So ultimately he just became a family practitioner. Your child might want to be a veterinarian because they love animals so much, but you know, I don't know. You know, how are they around sick animals? So just be very careful. The summertime is also a great time to, to get involved in a lot of enriching activities that are valuable and exciting. They could do a lot of independent studies where maybe they might write a novel or maybe take an online writing class that's unaccredited. They might choreograph a dance and put on a performance at the end of, uh, end of summer. Now, it is the summertime, so we do want our kids to be kids. We don't want them to spend their entire summer doing academics. So downtime is very important. You know, they need to take breaks. They need to go on family vacations. They don't need to be all consumed. Make sure that you do set limits for them, you know, where they do honor family time. Now, I want to talk about something called the Common App. The Common App 
is the application that most colleges use when your child is going to go to college. What I highly recommend is that you download that Common App right now. No matter what grade your child is in, early in high school, halfway through high school, maybe they're in middle school, and fill it out. But don't send it anywhere. And the reason why you want to do that is you want to find out where are their gaps in my child's education. You don't want to get to the end of the senior year and filling out the application and find out that maybe you need another foreign language or something. To download the Common Application, go to www.commonapp.org. Now, when we're talking about the, the notebook and the portfolio for your child, this is where you're going to keep basically everything for them that when they go to interview for college, they will have all this information in one place. It's going to contain their letters of recommendation. It's going to contain a list of all their extracurricular activities, the honors they've received, their community service record, that Excel sheet we talked about. It's also going to have their four-year academic plan as well as their four-year summer plan, and it will contain a copy of their transcript with their best test scores. Again, make, make copies of this portfolio so that you can have it. And not only is it going to help them for you know college admissions, but it's going to be a great keepsake one day for them um, when they're through with high school and through with college and starting their life out. They can look back and see what all the things that they were involved in. Now, I want to give you 17 different ideas to help enhance this portfolio. These are extra things that you can add for your child. Remember, when it comes to your child's portfolio, more is better, not less. It's better to have too much information than not enough. You know, these college admissions counselors are seeing so many students. And what is it about your child that is going to stand out? What is it about them that's going to impress these admissions counselors to where they want to give your child that scholarship? Well, one of the things they can do, of course, let's talk about the 17 ideas, is any local classes that they join, you want to notate that. You want to keep a record of it and put that in the portfolio. Any memberships for any associations, computer lessons that they've taken that will help further their degree, any films or documentaries that they have watched actually are very impressive, and those generally are free from the library. Uh, any software they practice with, any outside workshops, those residential summer programs we talked about, uh, making an informational video. For example, let's say your child uh, is wants to get a, maybe a music degree. Then make 10, 12-minute video of some various performances that she did or sports. Maybe your child is looking to get a sports scholarship. Make a 10, 12-minute video DVD of various sports arenas that they were involved in or different uh, games or activities. Not only do you, do you want to make that video and that DVD uh, of your child playing sports or playing an instrument or singing, you also want to put that on a YouTube channel. And the reason why is that admissions counselor may not have access to playing that video or that DVD, but they probably have access to the Internet. So putting this on a YouTube channel will make a huge difference for them. You also, any media coverage that your child gets, notate that in your portfolio. Believe it or not, if you're on television, your credibility goes up seven times. Now, not that everything on TV is credible, I know that, uh, but it, it can definitely help. 
Any related AP courses, notate those in your portfolio. Any nominations or awards or scholarships that they receive, you know, make a copy of it, put that in there. Maybe they won a huge trophy for volunteer of the year and you're not, you really can't fit that in there. Take a picture of it, put that in your portfolio. Any honor societies, if your child isn't necessarily in who's who among American high schoolers, you, you can also find local homeschool honor societies. And if, there, if there's not one in your area, you can start your own chapter. Also, if your child is, has created some kind of blog with some followers, notate that as well. Any competitions they've entered, notate those. Maybe your child's an inventor. Bring a prototype to that admissions counselor meeting, that interview. Maybe any auditions or any fundraisers they've been involved in. So these are some extra things, and, and, and there's more than that, but that's get you, that gets you started on thinking about what can I do. So ultimately, with this portfolio, it's going to come down to that test score. You want your child to have that high test score because it does add that credibility to their homeschool transcript. The great thing about incorporating test prep into your child's education and daily schedule is you can use it as an elective. It could be a test prep elective. It could be life skills, logic skills, just something in there. But it, it can be counted um, as a class. So I want to talk about, you know, this homeschool transcript and how it's so important when it comes down to your child. Don't fear this, these years, but understand that there's so many people that have been out there who have done this before you, and they've got so much knowledge and so much wisdom. So here's my homework for you. Go to all those links we talked about, the common app application and download it. Go ahead and sign your kids up for the Congressional Award and download my Roadmap for Success. If you want to know about how much math and how much English your child needs, it's a great guideline. Go to www.collegeprepgenius.com slash roadmap. Now, the challenge for you is to start that portfolio. No matter how old your child is right now, get a three-inch binder with some dividers and start putting stuff in it. It may not be the most organized, but at least it's a start. Now, to get my ebook, 15 Secrets to Free College, just go to my website, www.collegeprepgenius.com and Click on 15 Secrets to Free College and use the code RADIO, R-A-D-I-O, and you can get that ebook for a penny. It's normally $9.95. Now, during the month of December, we actually are giving away my High School Prep Genius book. It's a $30 book, and with any purchase of a DVD set, you can actually get it for free. Now, we're doing it through the end of December, but you may not be listening to this till after December. So, if you will call my office... 817-282-7737 and just tell them, hey, I heard the transcript radio on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Show and I want to get that DVD set and I want that free high school prep genius. Just let them know that and we will extend this through the middle of January. Hopefully I've given you a lot of information today to help alleviate some fear that you have when it comes to the high school years and what you need to be doing, it's such a great time for you to develop that relationship with your teenagers the last four years before they go out into the world 
be a college or a career or the military so that you have with them to build that relationship. So hopefully this has helped you. Hopefully if you have any questions, you know, certainly contact us, info at collegeprepgenius.com. And I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you so much and have a great day.